brew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now, live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. Oh, man. Y'all ever get deja vu? Sure feels like it right now for the Brewers. Something about the first three innings, these last three games for the Brewers starters. Just, uh, has anybody got a live rooster? Need to get the, the curse off of the mound right now at American Family Field. Just one big inning again. This time, a four-run second, a 40-pitch frame for Eric Lauer that included a three-run homer by the nine-hitter, Kerry Carpenter, the only not the only lefty in the order against the southpaw. The Brewers try to make a battle late. They fall 4-3. to three. They were out-hit 12-5. to five. There's a couple ways we can digest this one. I'm Dom Catronio here at American Family Field, along with Jeff Cirillo here on the program. And, I mean, it does, just feels like deja vu, Jeff. It just feels exactly like yesterday. Just kind of a dud, not a lot of energy, and just kind of stinks to say that this happened in back-to-back games. Yeah, it definitely feels that. But, you know, you always say it's always kind of starts and stops with the guy that takes the mound that day. And Eric Lauer, I mean, it was kind of the one that was just a slow inning. There's many times I kept looking at the clock to see if he was going to hit the, the pitch clock because it just felt like it was slow and every pitch seemed to be laborious. And then you look at all the foul balls he was giving up, too. It just felt like everybody, every time he looked up, the guys had two strikes on them. The Tigers did. But just for some reason today, the cutter wasn't cutting as he anticipated. He was getting a lot of contact on it, that and the fastball as well. He gave up five hits on the cutter early in this one. And, you know, when you don't have a put-away pitch against all these righties, you're going to see a 40-pitch inning, which is always alarming for a pitching coach. But then even more alarming, the fact that Teresa Lau, athletic trainer, had to go out there and take a peek that uh, the word from Craig Council was there was some skin ripping near his nail. They were worried could form into a blister, ultimately decided to leave him in there to save the bullpen. But now you're you're worrying about skin. You're worrying about performance. And ironically enough, the Velo was, was kind of their time. It was his best velocity of the season. Yeah, it's one of those ones, I mean, when you when you, you hit, hit winning streaks, you know, you can do no wrong, right? You go into Seattle and you go to San Diego, Arizona. And you just feel like there's there's just so much energy behind every hitter and every behind every pitch, and unfortunately, you know, you kind of get yourself into a little bit of low. The Tigers come to town, and they're not really a sexy team, right? There's not really a, a marquee name out there. Uh, and then, you know, last night Boyd kind of wiggled around, and you know, there was a lot of opportunities. And tonight, you know, you had a pitcher. It doesn't really matter, right? If they have a big league uniform, they're still pretty good. Even though the Turnbull had a 70 RA coming in, when you have some some hitters that are flat. You know, pitching is contagious, and so is hitting. Yeah, very contagious tonight. And But on a brighter note, speaking of contagious pitching, how about the bullpen tonight? What a great effort from Elvis Peguero, Joel Piomps, and uh, Peter Strezlecki, given the fact that you look at Peguero, who hadn't pitched in over a week before the other night, then he pitches well against the Red Sox, and able to lock things down for three innings, only two hits. They both came with two outs. What a uh, great job by him. Yeah, it's great to see. I mean, that's one of those ones when you're, lo- when you're losing a game, I, you have to have those guy, the guy in the middle of relief that can hold the game at that level. So, I mean, Figueroa did an outstanding job tonight. Looking around at the – sorry, Tommy, I'm getting some feedback in my ear to my producer right now. Uh, getting around to some of the texts and some of the tweets, 855-616-1620, 855 
1-620. Doug texting in. Knew they would come back to earth a little bit, but not this much. They are really missing Mitchell. Bottom line is too many injuries, and Lauer's one bad inning does him again. Need to stop the slide tomorrow. I agree about the injuries. Lauer's one bad inning, given how well he pitched against Seattle. It's so frustrating to swallow that pill. But, again, Peguero, Piam, Strzelecki, to see that, to follow up and keep the Brewers in it. I think the story is less about the fact that there's one big inning against Lauer, but more about the fact that the Brewers couldn't find a way to respond against the Tigers tonight. They were down 4 nothing, and they scored in the third, but they scored in the third and fourth innings via outs. You know, They weren't able to sustain those rallies, and something we'll talk about in those situations, and then obviously the big situation in the eighth inning, ultimately not getting the hit and the contagious aspect of hitting like you were talking about, Jeff. Sometimes, I mean, you saw what they did on the road, right? They, they were unselfish and looking for breaking ball, hitting the ball the other way, moving the runner. I mean, they did that tonight. I mean, they got the one run up and was supposed to get the run in. But, um, I mean, in today's game, I mean, Baez is playing and every baseball player that's ever been out at second base, you know, if the ball's hit behind you, you move up to third base. But, you know, it was just a tremendous play by Baez to get that lead runner at third base to kind of create a non-opportunity scoring position at third base. Because you look at it, too, the next batter ended up flying out, which means it could have been a sacrifice fly, making it a two-run inning, and then you get another run in the fourth, and maybe you're playing what-if with the home run by Telez to make it 4-4, and we still could be playing right now. Want to get to the phone lines, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. we got Sparky in Madison on the line. Sparky, you're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Okay, fellas. Hey, thanks, uh for taking my call here, and uh, I'm glad I got a chance to get the show on here tonight because uh, probably one of my all-time favorite brewers was Jeff Cirillo. And, Jeff, how you doing? Oh, thanks, Sparky. Uh, great, doing you great. Know, I, uh, Just, uh, great, that's good. Didn't enjoy the game tonight, but we'll get better ones. Okay, you know, I, uh, I saw you playing Beloit uh, in the Midwest League back in 92, and I know that when we would all go down there, it's always fun to watch the minor leaguers play, the young guys coming up. And there were a bunch of us that said, you know, that guy out there, Jeff Saville, is going to be in the big time soon. And you certainly were. I think two years later, you were playing Milwaukee. And, you know, Jeff, the one thing I always liked about your all-around play was you always put the ball in play. You only struck out, I think, 86 times in, in a year. Everything other than that was under 86. You hit your fair amount of home runs. You had 112 home runs. You had three years where you had over 190 hits. Six years where you batted over 300. And what I'm trying to get at is one of the things that frustrates me so much about the game today, and I've been a Brewer fan since 1970 when I was 19 years old, and the high strikeouts, you know, like I said, you struck out 86, 88 times in a season. Does it frustrate you as a former player and as a fan to see how the approach to hitting has changed so much with the, the home run? and the swinging for the fence and the low batting average. So I'd just like to maybe get some feedback from you as the next player, how you see the game played today as opposed to, uh, you know, the way that, when you play. Because uh, I don't want to get too long-winded, but anyhow, if you could comment on that, I'd really appreciate it. And there again, it was really a big kick to watch you play in the big league. So it's good to talk to you. Thanks, Sparky. I will tell you this. When we were uh, taught, when we were minor leaguers, it was always line drive down. I think in today's game, it's line drive 
drive up. In fact, if you ever go to a, a big league game sometimes and you watch them take early batting practice, they'll set up the L screens and all the screens around the infield, and they don't want the guys to hit the ball below that screen. They want to get them to get up in the air. I think you're going to see a different type of game now without the without as much shifting just because, look, I mean, a guy like myself, if I had a 1,000 plate appearances against right-handed pitching and I hit 250 of those balls on the ground, they can laser point to where I'd hit that ball on the ground. So, you know, where you can't defend it is in the air. Of course, there was also the... The balls were a little bit little bit inflated, I think, for a few of those years to kind of combat those strikeouts. But with today's no shifting, and I think that there's more of an emphasis on the running game, I think that you're going to see more balls put in play. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that as well, Jeff. And I think tonight was more of an anomaly for the Brewers' offensive approach, right? We had seen them control the zone so well on the road trip, and the fact, fact of the matter is, yes, they had 10 strikeouts tonight as an offense, but the majority of which coming against the Tigers' bullpen. Of course, the clutch moment there in the eighth inning is the one that stings the most, but of the ten strikeouts, eight of them were against the bullpen and three of them in the biggest spot of the game there in the eighth inning. I think we praised how well they did of putting the ball in play. Tonight was a night that the other team performed better of keeping your bat off the ball. And, uh, you know, you wouldn't have drawn it up any other way, right? You had Adamas, Telez, and Contreras do up. With a tying run on second base, you would not have drawn it any other way. And tonight, it just didn't happen. Yeah, it's one of those situations, baseball. Sometimes you could be down by one run, but sometimes it feels like it's it's more than that. And it just kind of feeds on it, manifests on, each, on itself. Look, when we were talking about these games last week, when, when the Brewers were could do no wrong, right? You're looking at their stat line, and there'd be seven walks and seven strikeouts, or sometimes it'd be five walks and six strikeouts. So they were controlling us on... And the one thing that they were doing an amazing job of was actually sitting sitting soft and looking breaking ball. Um, so that that may be something that to look at. And sometimes you know it just guys want to be the be the hero, and you sometimes maybe press a little bit, squeeze the bat a little bit too hard. And sometimes those things happen. You know, it's a team you're supposed to beat, right? The Tigers, they're not very good on paper. There's not really a a guy on the team you can name other than Miguel Cabrera, who you know hit a ball 400 feet and got a single out of it. So it's not really the same Miguel Cabrera that we know. But the guy in the back of the bullpen that finished that game, you know, you might not know his name now, but he has pretty good stuff out there, and they wear big league uniforms for a reason. They do, indeed. Uh, We're going to have another uh, game-changing moment, one that we've already talked about, uh, the difference-making moment of the game with, uh, we talked about the great play by Javi Baez, but I've got another one on the docket here I want to get your thoughts on here, Jeff, coming up shortly. We're going to take a quick breather and remind you that Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank with a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value. Only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank National Association member FDIC. Just getting started on the show with you until about a quarter till the top of the hour here tonight. Brewers fall to the Tigers four to three. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers fall in this one four to three. They have dropped the series to the Tigers. Try to salvage the finale tomorrow afternoon. I'm Dom Catronio with Jeff Cirillo. Here on the line as well, a few texts, a few tweets have rolled in this one from Josh. The bullpen kept it close for us, but the offense just couldn't keep the line moving the way they were on the road trip. Could sure use a spark tomorrow and get the good mojo back. Appreciate the text there, Josh. Jeff, when when you get in a little mini funk like this, right? I mean, yes, it's technically 
a losing streak, right? Yes, it's three games, but this is the first speed bump the Brewers have hit all season long. It just really does take one hit, right? It just feels like when that one big hit comes, because the Brewers, yes, they had the one nothing lead yesterday from William Contreras, but that was the only lead they've had these two games. They would really like to get out to a lead and sustain that lead as opposed to playing catch-up all day, right? Mod of, mod of uh, lost a connection there with Jeff, so we'll have to get him back on the line here shortly. While we figure that out, want to tell you about our friends at Cider Heating and Cooling. Trust in your family's comfort at home with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Cider's highly trained technicians provide a one-stop shop for all home and business comfort needs, including an emergency service line that's always live. Get peace of mind by scheduling maintenance today with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical at Cider dot com we'll talk about who's hot and who's cold here in just a little bit as well the update from the clubhouse right now while we're reconnecting with jeff is eric lauer tore the nail on his left middle finger that was the reason for the visit from at Teresa Lown, the athletic trainers in the long second inning lauer did not blame that for his command and does not expect to miss a start so that's some good news out of the uh the clubhouse for the Brewers in regards to Eric Lauer. And uh, waiting on word to see once Cirillo reconnects here. Reading a few more tweets here as well. But, <laughs> Jeff, as as we read along here, Jeff, one of the things I think it just takes one guy to get the job done, right? It just takes one hit to get a lead and kind of sustain it, right? It's a mini funk, but it can turn into a big funk un- until that one big hit comes and you feel like, all right, you can finally exhale while playing with a lead. It's one of those ones, it's, it, it takes a team, it's just like, it's get back to it one at bat at a time, and it, it's, it's I, I mean, it, I, I'm looking at the crowds, you know, you got the Bucks playing, you got the Aaron Rodgers, a lot of news, it looked like a pretty small crowd tonight, it's just one of those ones that uh, it, you got to go out and win the game, you can't just sit back and, and hope that they, the Tigers just play like the Tigers have been playing, you got to go out there and play fundamental baseball, and it starts with the guy on the mound tomorrow. And tomorrow, that'll be Freddy Peralta, and he's due for a good one after a couple of odd starts on the road trip and uh, at the start of this homestand, uh, started uh, the opener against the Red Sox and also started uh, back in San Diego. So trying to see to get him back on track. Uh, but, Jeff, want to talk about the difference-making moment of the game brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. Annex Wealth Management is different, not driven by commission sales or pushing financial products you may not actually need. It's for elite, comprehensive financial planning, customized to who you are and what you need. Contact Annex Wealth. Know the difference. NXWealth.com. Well, I think we've already mentioned one of them, but I want to throw one play at you that I think maybe we haven't quite, you know, unraveled yet and talked a little bit more seriously about in the fact that Terang rips a double right into left center field and you're never going to send Contreras in that situation for first or catcher running around the bases but my difference making moment of the game is the fact that when Owen Miller hit that ball up the middle that the second baseman Jonathan Scope made a nice play moving to his right yes it scored the run and Terang got to third on the play but if that ball squirts through the middle that's a two-run single, and Jonathan Scope was positioned perfectly for Owen Miller to make that play. That was one of of several difference-making moments in the game, but that's one I think a lot of folks might have missed of how well-positioned Jonathan Scope was. I would agree, and it's not like Jonathan Scope has great range at this point of his career. He's always had a good arm, 
but well-executed play. Not an easy play on the run, fast runner down the line, going away from the bag. He made a nice play in a big situation. Sometimes those are the things that happens, right? You know, last week that ball kicks over his glove or just kind of bounces up and there's no play at first and you just kind of keep the line moving. But, you know, at the, at the end of the, end of the inning there you only get three outs right so i thought the one that the i mean it was a good piece of hitting to move the runner push pushed along uh by yelich and just i've never seen a play really like that but you know welcome to baseball in 2023 where everyone kind of does their job but Baez was just a little bit better tonight on that one yeah and that was it's kind of reminds me of the play that Willie made uh, during the road trip in extras against the Padres right that great play where they got the placed runner going from second to third. It was uh, Nixon, if I, if I, or uh, Brendan Dixon, if I remember correctly. And Willie, you know, on a ball that was hit behind the runner, he still had the presence of mind to throw to third. Now in the tenth inning, that sort of makes sense given how valuable that placed runner is. But in the you know third inning of at the time a four nothing game, that's you know El Mago Javi Baez certainly seen that version of Javi Baez with the Cubs over the years. Well, if you break it down, because then you have to look at who's running, right? you got a very fast runner, uh, potentially for a bigger inning. And, and the other thing, too, about that play, Dom, is that the angle to throw that ball, he's basically throwing it right over the ear of the runner to third base. So it's, it's a really high-precision play and a dangerous play. But unfortunately, when you're losing games, uh, you know, on this little mini losing streak that the Brewers are on, you know, it just, it, the play gets executed. It does. It does. Uh, I do want to talk a few positive things before we say goodnight to you here, Jeff. Raddy Telez hitting a home run off of a lefty. And I think, you know, A.J. Hinch played that perfectly. He left Alexander in for that one batter, Telez, because he had the string of righties coming up uh, in the Brewers' order to have Englert ready to go in the sixth inning. And basically said, all right, Telez, you're a left-handed hitter, and uh, we know how much the Brewers play the platoons. We're going to challenge you to hit this lefty and challenge if, you know, Craig Council wants to pull his left-handed first baseman early, like he pulled Jesse Winker early in this game back in the fifth inning when he brought in Luke Voigt. Uh, kudos to Rowdy. Uh, a seven-pitch at bat, and he lifts one over the wall in right field, and always good to have the big lefty have confidence against left-handed pitchers. Well, I'm sure that Rowdy Telez would, would say that he can, he can hit left-handers. And the fact of the matter is, is that, that you know, actually Council's hands are kind of tied in that situation. I'm sure there's no one on it. It's a it's a solo home run, and he knows that in the back end there's one more bat coming to Les's way in the ninth inning against the, the closer. Um, so, I mean, in that situation, it was good to see him hit the home run. I, I just, I always love, I, I like watching Telez hit. So I like when he's hitting against lefties, righties. He's just a presence. He's big. He's just a physical guy, and, and, and he's a guy that's needed in the middle of the order. Another positive, yes, despite Willie striking out there in the fifth and the eighth innings in uh, opportunities to add on, Willie did draw two walks in this one, including a nine-pitch walk back in that run scoring third inning to keep the inning alive for Rowdy when uh, the starter Spencer Turnbull was still in the game. Willie now has 16 walks uh, this season, or excuse me, 17 walks uh, this season, and he leads the team in walks. If you would have told me back on opening day that by the end of April, Willie Adamas was going to lead the team in walks, I'd be like, you're crazy. But it's been a great development to watch Willie get a little more picky and try to drive his pitch because you know he's not quite hitting the ball as hard as he could yet, knowing it's coming, and he's really opened up the opposite field by being more selective. I think this is nothing but good news, seeing Willie become a more selective hitter right now. 
I would agree. I think that he's maturing right before our eyes. I think he's a star player. I think he's an all-star for the Brewers for sure. And the one thing I notice about his at-bats, he really gets selective. He really tries to fight to get that breaking ball up in the zone with two strikes and, and cut down on this chase rate for sure. And it's actually showed glowing. I mean, look, when you, when you need home runs to center field like he did on the road and at, and at, and at home, uh, it, it just opens your eyes. I mean, I wish I had that kind of power where I could just go to a field and I can hit my best ball and then go out anywhere, especially to right field. It was great stuff. Great stuff from Willie today. He will find it with the bat here in a moment. Now, as we say goodnight to you here, Jeff, give me something to look out for tomorrow with Freddie Peralta on the hill going up against the Detroit Tigers. You know, it's one of those ones. You just got to establish the strike zone early, throw strikes, get into his, his situations where he can throw his devastating changeup and his fastball up in the zone. But it all starts with command. Look, the Tigers are coming in. They're thinking that they're coming in and facing one of the best teams in baseball. And, you know, there's that's the trouble with young guys is in there's there's that quick belief that they can beat anybody. And uh, and so tomorrow is going to be Hess going to make a statement. He's going to have to put the team on his back a little bit, especially early in the game. The team's not maybe scoring some runs, but he needs to hold them down early in the game so the Brewers can catch their stride. That's why he's the expert. Jeff Cirillo here on Brewers Extra Innings. Thanks, as always, for your time and your insight. Jeff, no show tomorrow, but we'll holler at you next time. All right. Great. Good night, guys. All right. Jeff Cirillo joining us here on the program. We're going to talk who's hot, who's cold. Craig Council coming a little bit later on Brewers Extra Innings. Time for Cider Heating and Cooling, Who's Hot and Who's Cold. This is Brewers Extra Innings with you for another half hour or so here this evening. Remember, you can subscribe to Brewers All Access to get all of these shows in your podcast feed of choice every morning right after the show is done. Also, you'll get Brewers 360 every morning from... Wisconsin's Morning News, Vince Vetrano, Eric Bilstad, Brandon Snide, uh, various Brewers personalities involved. Of course, Craig Council, of course, Matt Arnold, Jeff Levering, Sophia Minard, Adam McCalvey, all making appearances, even yours truly on occasion on there as well. That's a fun little segment every morning that you can catch in your podcast feed on Brewers All Access, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, who's who's hot? The bullpen. The bullpen was terrific again today. How about Elvis Peguero? Talked about him with Jeff. Three innings, 34 pitches. So he threw, he got nine outs in 34 pitches, whereas Lauer needed 40 pitches to get through that tough second inning. Elvis was effective. He wasn't relying on the strikeout. He gave up a couple of singles, but that was all. Two strikeouts for him and a couple of ground balls. I thought he was great. And then Yoel Piomps once again playing well. A weird infield single with Miguel Cabrera, but that was the only thing against his ledger. I think it's an adjustment for Brewers fans, given the last few years of bullpens, right, to think about the fact this bullpen does not rely on strikeouts. They rely on contact. They rely on weak contact. They know they can get it with the guys they have. I mean, that's back-to-back Pagaro and Piam, sinker-slider type guys that rely on getting off of your barrel to get you out, not necessarily for you to swing and miss. And to see it succeed like it did tonight was great. And Peter Strzelecki starting a new scoreless streak tonight, getting Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson, and Nick Maton in order to set the stage for the bottom of the ninth. They are certainly hot. As for who's cold, it's the obvious pick of the offense and what's going on with runners in scoring position for the crew right now. They went 0 for tonight with runners in scoring position, 0 for 7 in total in this one. They weren't much better 
yesterday as well. They were just one for four, only getting four opportunities. So just one for 11 on this two-game set with the Tigers so far is runners in scoring position is who's cold right now for the Brewers. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. The Old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank. Get old text here from Mike in Colorado. The last three games seem to be a scary reminder of the 2022 season's offensive struggles. I'm going to disagree with that. I understand what you're drawing it from there, Mike. I get why you're worried. And, oh, my goodness, they couldn't get the runner over. They couldn't get the job done there in the eighth inning. I just call these last two games duds. Now, if this becomes a trend, then you highlight this game as, like, wait a minute, this is where it all started. I'm not ready to say this team is just like 2022 because we've seen enough from them. It is fair to say injuries are making an impact. Uh, Bryce Terang has cooled off a little bit. Joey Weimer has cooled off a little bit. Owen Miller got another knock but didn't do much else otherwise. The bottom of the order has kind of come back down to earth, as has Brian Anderson. But, hey, it's just one game. They are still in a very good spot. They're 15-9. and And one more game with the Tigers tomorrow than a fun weekend series with the Angels Coming to town, still time to salvage this nine-game homestand. I mean, if you run the table, you win the homestand, but there is still certainly work to be done on the offensive front. We're going to talk some injury updates, some rehab updates coming up here in the next segment, including uh, an unfortunate surgery break for one of the top prospects. Stay with us. Brewers Extra Innings. We got a lot to talk about on the farm and uh, injury updates as well. A few folks have asked about Brandon Woodruff. You folks have asked about Tyrone Taylor and what is the timetable right now for the Brewers trying to get some personnel back. Well, let's start with some of the bad news here. Uh, first and foremost, Garrett Mitchell is opting for surgery after a meeting with Dr. Neil Elatrash out in Los Angeles. He will go under the knife next week. It is still putting his season in jeopardy. The Brewers are not committal on that timeline yet, but a torn labrum does generally end your season already a month into the year, so we'll have to wait and see on that. But Garrett Mitchell is going to get surgery to repair his torn labrum and the damage that he sustained from the sublex that he had in the Seattle series. So that's some bad news. Some other bad news, the prospect that I mentioned, Sal Freelich. You may have seen and you may have had a heart attack when you saw UCL surgery, but it's a UCL ligament in his thumb. Remember, he jammed his hand trying to steal a base on Tuesday. It was in the first inning, and I was talking to Tom Flanagan here uh, in the press box, talking about Sal and that injury, that just poor timing, and he's that he actually played through it for the rest of that game, and then he was in the lineup on Wednesday and had to say, hey, something's going on with my thumb here. Can you guys take a look? And they're like, uh, there is something wrong here. So basically he's out for the next six to eight weeks down in AAA. So that's uh, tough news to swallow. But how about some good news when it comes to Tyrone Taylor just starting his uh, rehab assignment down in AAA Nashville. He had a RBI triple in the first inning, just pulling up uh, his box score now as we speak. Nashville, uh, they were playing the Omaha Storm Chasers, the AAA affiliate of the Kansas City Royals. Robert Gazer had a really nice start in that one, too. Five innings, eight strikeouts, only three earned. Sounds won that game 8-3. to three. Tyrone went 2-4, for four, also had uh, an RBI single in that game as well. So, Good first day back on the job for Tyrone Taylor in AAA. Some more good news. Gus Varlin threw another bullpen yesterday, and he is going to start a rehab assignment in single-A Appleton. 
heading up the road to the Timber Rattlers on Thursday and Saturday in hopes to join the team in Colorado if things all go according to plan. So that's some more good news with Gus Varland on the way back after his hand contusion. And the last note has to do with Brandon Woodruff and the fact that it's just not that much of a note right now in They are waiting for a little bit more time between his last imaging and now to go get another set of imaging on his uh, grade 2 strain in his subscap muscle. Basically, the point of this is to make sure that the rest is working. Remember, the diagnosis came in Arizona over uh, a week and a half ago at this point. So the thought is, let's make sure he's healing after these two weeks or so, then make a firm plan from there. So I know... Some folks are thinking, wait a minute, that means there's no plan? No, that is the plan. Let's let the healing happen, go in for the checkup, and then make the firm plan from there. And then they will pivot and decide what they need to do firm treatment-wise, get a more you know clearer picture on the timetable for Brandon Woodruff. But the case in point is it's not going to be soon for Woody. And obviously the Brewers will miss him. But I think the best news you can hope for right now is non-surgical, right? Anything shoulder-related, you hold your breath with the pitcher, right? We held our breath last year with Freddie Peralta. And the fact that he never had anything surgical was a big development. Yes, Aaron Ashby had an arthroscopic cleanup, but he was already raving about the reports after the fact, as he has begun his rehab now, that he already feels better instantly after that minor surgery with the cleanup in his left shoulder. So there is still hope for Ashby to pitch at some point this season. We're just waiting for a clearer picture on Brandon Woodruff and what the plan will be for him moving forward. We're going to hear from Craig Council in just a little bit here, but I just want to get to this text here real quickly from Mark. Is it the trainers, or who is to blame for all the injury-prone players, and why does Craig leave the pitchers in until the game's over like tonight when most of them don't have it? Well, when first of all, in the trainers thing, it's you're playing a professional sport. It's not the trainers' fault. Athletic trainers do so much to get these guys on the field, and injuries happen. It's sports. We see it all the time. Giannis just missed a couple of games playing the sport, right? Things happen. There's nothing to blame in that regard. Or if you're saying you're acquiring injury-prone players, no, it's just playing the sport. It happens. When it comes to leaving the pitcher in the game like tonight, you can't leave the bullpen out to dry given how much they've been used the last three days. You know, the the big inning against Boston, they had to be used a lot yesterday. And today, if they had pulled Lauer in that second inning, they were begging for him to get through that frame with no more than 40 pitches then you're really behind the eight ball of trying to keep yourself in it because it was still a 4 nothing game. If this suddenly opened up and they hit like a grand slam and it was 8 nothing, I think it would have been a lot easier to pull Lauer in that regard. But you need to make sure that your bullpen stays afloat for tomorrow and make it to the off day coming up on Thursday when it comes to that. I think this is one of those things that it feels like it's under a microscope so early in the season. But reminder, there's 162 games. Let's let it play out. Yes, they've lost three in a row. No one likes losing, but they were going to lose three in a row at some point this season. So let's not overreact. Let's not freak out. Guys are working on getting back onto the field, and we'll see what happens from that. We're going to hear from the manager, Craig Council, coming up after this. Welcome back. A few minutes left in the program. Another 15 minutes or so here. We're going to get some highlights a little bit later. We're going to talk a little bit more in depth about this one. But uh, let's get an update from Craig Council on Eric Lauer's finger and the game as a whole tonight. Here's Craig. Uh, we were checking on his uh, his finger. He he kind of just tore the nail away from the skin. Um, 
at that point, he, you know, he said it wasn't bothered him. Um, it just progressed a little bit. Um, he, he said it wasn't bad, but it probably progressed a little bit till we, we had to get him out of there. Do you know whether that how much that impacted? That's it's hard to say, right? Yeah, yeah. What did you think? What you think about this outing tonight? Well, I mean, they just they hit a ton of foul balls. I mean, that was the big thing. They they just. Um, you know, it was long at bats, through strikes, but it was just a lot of foul balls. Um, and so every at bat, you know, felt like six, seven pitches. Um, and then obviously they they had some balls hard and got some balls in there, and you know they got the big blow with the three run homer. But he he kind of limited damage. Other than that, um, but just the, the pitch count. I mean, it was you know, mid eighties through three innings. That's 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 a lot. Was that his last batter in the second inning? You had Elvis up, I think, in the second. Uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, that was that was about a forty-pitch inning, I think. Yeah. Is that about kind of the limit where it starts to get a little icy? I mean, it, you never want to pull a starter in the second inning if you can. I mean, that, that's obviously, you know, we got a great performance from Elvis that 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 um, put the game back in order and and put the game in order for tomorrow, really. Um, so. You know, there's there's not a strict number there, but obviously you're getting in the 40s. It's it's concerning. Just a lot of sliders with Elvis and a lot of bad swings on it. What'd you see from him? I mean, it's he pitched great. Yeah, the slider was really good tonight. Um, pounded the strike zone and was job well done. How about the rest of the bullpen as well? You know, everybody just keeping. Yeah, Yoel did a nice job, um, and, and we gave ourselves a chance. You know, we 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 did. The bullpen gave us a chance. Um, you know, we're down one for the last three innings um, after Rowdy's homer, and just just weren't able to get the, get a run get get a run across. What are your thoughts been on their bullpen? It's not maybe the biggest names, but they pitched well last year. Yeah, no, I mean Angler did a heck of a job today. I mean, he, he did a great job. Um, you know, Luke hit the ball hard off him, but other than that, you know, he had, he kind of ran through us pretty good. He the slider was good, the changeup was good. Um, he did a nice job. That's the spot, right? You got just the, the right section of your. Yeah, I mean, we get a leadoff double, and you know that's 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 how you want to set it up. He made some good. We got the next two hitters 0-2 quickly. Um, you know, Rowdy came back and made it three two. He made a good pitch three two. When you think about Lauer's season as a whole, does it just? I mean, the last outing in Seattle was so promising and effective and deep. You feel like he's just. Even back to spring, does it seem like he's just trying to string good days together? Well, yeah. I mean, I you know in Seattle, I thought he pitched. I thought he I thought he pitched pretty well in San Diego as well. Um, you know, the first start in Chicago, he he kind of you know got his way through it. Um, so I, I don't think Eric's pitching his best. No question about it. Um, you're gonna have stretches of the season like that, but um, there's been some good one. There's been some good. It's been a really good outing. Um, there's been some really good stretches. Um, we just got to keep going with it. It's very clear about this team is they will need Eric Lauer to succeed. And if you're flipping it based on you know last April he got off to such a hot start and then ended up running out of gas late. If he's starting out slow and is going to build up and get better. In the middle portion of the season, sign me up because they are going to need Eric Lauer, especially with Brandon Woodruff's injuries going on right now. Uh, with the odd start that Corbin Burns has had, they really need a good one tomorrow from Freddie Peralta, to, to say the least, quite frankly. But the Brewers are certainly 
going to need him to figure it out. And I, I think it was really encouraging still. I know it wasn't his best tonight. But I love the fact that his velo bounced back tonight. And, I mean, he was down to 88-89 at some points during the game against Seattle, but was pitching effectively, whereas today was just getting a bunch of foul balls, wasn't getting the same bite on his cutter, wasn't getting the swing and miss on his fastball like he normally does. So something's got to be married here with, all right, is he better with a little bit less velocity? Or when the velocity's up, does he need to locate better? They will figure this out. And... I believe in Eric Lowry. He's a, just one of the hardest workers. He's a cerebral guy. I think that this is one of those situations where it feels worse because it's a losing streak, right? If the Brewers had won 10 of their last 11 and are on a roll, it's like, all right, they were due for a clunker kind of thing. But as Council put it there, he pitched very well in Seattle. He even pitched well against the better lineup against San Diego. So you have seen him perform. Tonight was a clunker, and there's not much else to say and write home about. You know, there's no need to overreact. Brewers fall on this one, 4-3. We're going to play a couple of highlights coming up after the break. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get out of Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Unfortunately, there are some lowlights in this one. The Brewers and the Tigers game two of a three-game set. Eric Lauer against Spencer Turnbull. We picked things up in the second inning. Lauer began the inning with a strikeout of Miguel Cabrera. Then command failed him to Jake Rogers. A scope single had runners on first and second. The nine-hitter, the only lefty in the order, Kerry Carpenter, was at the plate. The stretch. Here it is. This one hit in the air to right and deep and big trouble and gone. Kerry Carpenter just hit a three-run shot out of here. Bob knew it, and all of a sudden, you blink, and the Brewers are trailing. And they would add one more, the Tigers would, in that 40-pitch second inning against Eric Lauer, an RBI single from Spencer Torkelson, but he would get out of it without further damage, and he would pitch a total of three innings tonight. The Brewers would get on the board in the third. The bottom of the order starting the rally. Back-to-back singles from Owen Miller and Joey Weimer got things started. And then an odd play. Christian Yelich hit a ground ball to the left of second. Javier Baez, a shortstop, moving to his left. Naturally, the runner on second base would move to third because there were runners on second and third. But the run scores from third, but Baez threw to third to throw out Weimer. It was a one-of-the-million type play and a well-executed play by El Mago. And it turned out to be a key play because the next batter, uh, Jesse Winker, would fly out to center. It could have been a sacrifice fly. Instead, only one run scores. Then in the fourth, a similar situation. An RBI ground out scores a second run for the Brewers. But nonetheless, they're on the board 4-2. The bullpen holding strong. Elvis Figueroa and Yoel Payams combined for five scoreless innings of relief with four strikeouts and got some support from Rowdy Telez. The pitch. Rowdy in the air to right. And some cash for uh, Justin Smith. Congratulations to him. And that was a left-on-left homer for Rowdy Telez. Now it's a one-run game. We fast-forward to the eighth inning. The Brewers get a leadoff double from Luke Voigt, who had come off the bench in this game. He gets pinch-ran for by Blake Perkins. You've got great speed on the bases and the meat of the order coming up. Adamas, Telez, and Contreras. However, a strikeout by Willie. A strikeout by Telez. Then they go to Jason Foley to face William Contreras. Here he comes. 
He struck him out looking. And no argument on that one from Contreras. It happens. The Brewers fall 4-3. to three. They could not muster a rally in the ninth and fall in this one by that 4-3 final. They were out hit 12-5. We'll try to salvage the series finale tomorrow. We'll wrap up the show coming up right after this on Brewers Extra Innings. Wrapping up the program here. Brewers fall 4-3. to three. A few minutes left in the program. And uh, looking ahead to tomorrow. Freddie Peralta will get the ball against Michael Lorenzen. First pitch will be at 1240. Our coverage starts at 1205. Right here on the home of the Brewers, 620 WTMJ. Quick note, no post game tomorrow. Enjoy the day, enjoy the afternoon, and get ready for a Brewers win, and then prepare for the Bucks tomorrow night. That will be right here on WTMJ as well. So a big day of sports here on the home of the Brewers and the Bucks. So we start coverage at 12.05 with the On Deck Show for Brewers Baseball, and then Bucks shoot around will be tomorrow night at 7.30 for the 8 o'clock tip against the Miami Heat with their backs up against the wall. A couple other programming notes. Uh, no Brewers Weekly on Thursday night as we will have NFL Draft simulcast from our friends at 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee. Hope you enjoy that programming for Thursday night, especially after the news with Aaron Rodgers yesterday. And then Friday, if the Bucks win tomorrow night, we will slide over Brewers Extra Innings over to 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee. So be prepared for that. And uh, keep an eye out on the social media for that. So we do not have another Brewers Extra Innings until Friday after the Angels come to town. And we've got you all weekend long. It'll be a 7-10 first pitch Friday, a 6-10 first pitch Saturday, and a 1-10 first pitch on Sunday before they hit the road once again. Heading out west, they'll be taking on the Rockies and the Giants for a quick two-series trip. But an off day on Thursday, so hope you enjoy it. Get to relax wherever you may be. Again, Freddie Peralta will try to stop the slide tomorrow. Brewers have lost three games in a row for the first time this season. Hope to see you at the ballpark tomorrow or throughout the weekend when Shohei Otani and Mike Trout are in town. It will be a rocking crowd once again and uh, I really, and they got the hoodie giveaway coming up on Saturday. I've got my hands on a sample. It's some good stuff. It's a really good hoodie. Uh, you can check out Sophia Minard's Instagram story for some more details. It's got the old Barrelman, uh, Barrelman head logo on there. It's a good soft feeling. It's a good giveaway item. Kudos to Rick Schlesinger and his team. There are some really good giveaway items this season, building off of the Giannis jersey and the Yelly Tumblr. This is another really good one for Brewers fans. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. My thanks to our producer, Tommy Wirtz, and of course to Jeff Cirillo. I'm Dom Catronio. Keep on swinging.